Basketball's favorite month is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for the watch party delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a deep bench delivered, but you can get a deep dish pizza delivered, along with wings to share. A layup? No can do. But a lager? Yes can do. Buzzer beater? No. But Brussels sprouts? Uber Eats can get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Check out all the best game day deals in our app and order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. We've got inflation, bank failures, geopolitical chaos, skyrocketing national debt. It's no wonder gold hit a new record high. With everything going on in the world, thousands of hardworking Americans are looking to diversify their savings with precious metals like gold and silver. And they're turning to the top-rated precious metals company, GoldCo. GoldCo is offering you a free 2024 gold and silver guide. All customers are eligible to receive up to 10% back in bonus silver. Go to iHeartSilver.com to learn how you could get started today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833995 gold 833995 g o l d welcome to today's edition of the clay travis and buck sexton show podcast it is thursday and it is the clay travis and buck sexton show happening right now everybody thank you for uh hanging out with us joining us all across this land and for the digital listeners perhaps all over the world uh, we have much to discuss with you today. A study out, Clay just sent this to me. I thought this was very interesting. That uh, Merck says there's a COVID drug linked. This is in Bloomberg. So this is as of February 1st, 2023. Just broke yesterday. The headline is Merck COVID drug linked to new virus mutations, according to study. So far, the versions aren't more lethal or immune evasive. But Merck is, distudi- Merck is disputing this, saying the drug is very valuable. I do think that as we go forward with all of this, when it comes to COVID, we have to remember the people who up to this point have said, shut up, do what we tell you, we have the answers. And the more vociferously they have made those claims, the more catastrophically and blatantly wrong they have been. There's also... Clay, I'm getting excited about this one, too. A massive meta, uh, mega study, meta study, whatever you want to call it, of masking that has come out. Peer-reviewed medical journal. Guess what you find out from that one? Oh, yeah, that's right. Masking does, if not nothing, 99% nothing. As in, so small that statistically you can't prove it. So if you can't prove something because it's so statistically insignificant, I think it's fair to say it doesn't work. Right. I, I think we can go to that level. And, Clay, I, I want to dive into to both of these things in a little bit. But, you know, uh, you know, there's that old old line about um, hubris. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly where it comes from, but hubris is I'm sorry. No, chutzpah, not hubris. Chutzpah is if you uh, kill your parents and then tell the judge that you deserve mercy because you're an orphan. You know, there's this old line yes. that that is what chutzpah is. Um, Hunter Biden has 
chutzpah. You may use a different word because you are clay. But, you know, because you like to say the things that I'm like, are we allowed to say that on the radio? Yeah, right. Um, He's got some something on him for sure. Hunter Biden now has his lawyers saying that they that federal and state prosecutors should open criminal investigations, criminal investigations into people who shared the uh, laptop and the information of this. He wants investigations of Rudy Giuliani, Steve Bannon, John Mac Isaac, who owns that computer repair shop. And Biden, of course, in this process, Hunter Biden is admitting beyond any, not that there was any doubt, but he's admitting the whole thing was real. There was nothing fake. There was no Russian disinformation. I got to think, Clay, that this is because he's worried at this stage about something. What do you What do you think is, why is Hunter all of a sudden, is this trying to run a smokescreen for dad with the documents? Like, why is there pressure? Is he worried about what's in the classified documents? Because he's going on offense and he's in no position to do so. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. So the Washington Post broke this story. And you may not have seen it because it didn't necessarily get a lot of attention. But the biggest takeaway is, and and, and I think this is a big deal, Miranda Devine is with us who did the laptop uh, stories for the New York Post and also wrote a book, Laptop from Hell, all about Hunter's uh, laptop. And she also did a deep dive set with me um, in the podcast uh, show uh, with Clay and Buck. You can go listen to that. But Buck, the most important thing is here, to my knowledge, this is the first time that Hunter Biden has said the laptop is 100% real because that's the most important takeaway, I would say, here because they had the 51 uh, national security officials who came out and say this has all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Even in his own book and in the interviews he did promoting that book, Hunter Biden said basically he didn't know whether this laptop was real or not because he was using so many drugs then that he wasn't aware. This is crazy to me. Um, and there, uh, this, this is a uh, direct quote from the letter. Uh, they're going after anyone who uh, was involved in sharing any of this laptop. Uh, they claim that a half dozen people have violated various statutes by making public restricted private information, access and disseminating stolen property. Uh, The action, I'm reading directly from the letter, the actions described above more than merit a full investigation and depending on the resulting facts may merit prosecution under various statutes. It's not a common thing for a private person and his counsel to seek someone else being investigated, but the actions and motives here require it the letters they say are focused on john paul mac isaac who is the computer repair shop owner and they also want rudy giuliani um giuliani's lawyer stephen bannon it even they wrote a letter to um to tucker carlson threatening tucker carlson on fox news for statements that he's made uh, about this laptop i have not seen i don't know we'll ask miranda divine next hour whether she received any sort of uh, letters from the Hunter Biden team uh, about the reporting that she has done on this case. But, Buck, uh, the, the John Paul McIsaac people say uh, pretty clearly that um, after skimming the letters, this is his attorney, the only thing I see is a privileged person hiring yet another high-priced attorney 
to redirect attention away from his own unlawful actions. No other comments at this time. Uh, And Giuliani says, look, the laptop was abandoned property after he didn't retrieve it. Uh, And says, Giuliani's attorney does, raising concerns now after so many years indicates just how devastating the text and videos from Hunter's laptop truly are. Um, and, and, and so this is, I, I, I gotta be honest with you, Buck. It's rare that I'm surprised. This is to me a crazy move by Hunter Biden. And we know Hunter Biden has past been crazy. So I don't know who's driving this train of, uh, of, of, of subterfuge, I would say. But the big story here is he's admitted the laptop is real now. And for a long time, that was his best defense. Now it's it's real, and it shouldn't have been distributed. And the distribution of my private property is criminal. Well, that's a pretty aggressive shift in his overall narrative. And the question you're asking is, I think, a really good one, Buck. It's, why is he doing this? Who is advising him on this? And what does he stand to gain from it? And that's where, even as a lawyer, I sit back and I really can't understand what he is gaining in this process, Buck. Because maybe your argument is, oh, I'm going to put the onus on the Department of Justice and the FBI. But now he's trying to make himself look like a victim, which makes me think maybe charges are coming. It, it, It just doesn't add up to me at all. It obviously muddies the waters a bit, I guess, but it actually clarifies what was his best defense, which was this isn't real which is what they've run with for the past two years. Now it's, oh, how dare you share my private information, which completely undercuts the argument that he made for years. Well, I know this just from basic uh, employment law and the ways things go for people who are working at different companies. If it's on a company laptop, it's the company's effectively, right? They can make that claim. Now, Hunter Biden left his laptop, as I understand it, after a certain period, that laptop becomes the property of the shop. And you sign something that says, look, if you leave this here eventually, because, you know, mostly so they can just throw it away and not be held liable, right? Because otherwise, somebody could leave something and say, oh, I had, you know, the secret to Coca-Cola was on that laptop. You know, you can't throw that out. Uh, I'm going to sue you. And so I don't think that he's on has, has any standing here whatsoever. And I don't really understand what the p like what what the move is here unless he's desperate about something that's what i keep coming back to why now clay like the timing of this is what i'm trying to understand that he's running around i mean this is the you know this is the top story on foxnews.com right now yep um you know he's facing investigation from house republicans obviously so there's there's they're still looking into this but I, you know unless there's a tie in with Joe Biden, it, none of this really moves the needle, meaning it doesn't it doesn't change anything about the regime, whether Hunter, I, you know, I don't think he's going to get indicted. Obviously, I thought that all along. I think you think maybe he will. It's kind of up in the air. Um, but unless there's a Joe Biden tie in, this doesn't threaten the Democrats in any real way. And of course, right now, I think there are some Democrats who are hoping there's a Joe Biden yeah. tie in so they can figure out some alternative to this guy. Um, and, and I think that's just, there's a sense of disarray. Look, I'm not sure that Hunter has some strategy here because he's Hunter Biden, but I do think it's possible that there's something up here that's not obvious from the timing of it all. His lawyers are, are talented 
and he's paying them somehow. I, I mean, I have no idea how. These guys are $1,000 an hour lawyers, right? Big-time D.C. heavyweights. So someone has said to Hunter Biden, hey, you need even more elite legal representation than you already had, and you need a shift in the story that you are telling. What I can't put my finger on, Buck, is how in any way it benefits him. Now, his initially, whether you believed it or not, and clearly we did not, his story was that laptop either is... Initially, the story is Russian disinformation. Then it's, I don't know if it's my laptop or not. He had a measure of defense in claiming that it basically wasn't authentic, right? That was the initial claim. So now he shifted from, which is a massive pivot, from, I don't know if that laptop is mine and it's inauthentic, to that laptop is mine, everything on it is real, and it's criminal for people to have shared the information on that laptop. That's a massive pivot. And it moves towards, to me, the only thing I can think in my head is that he is afraid that charges are coming and that now he's trying, and he's aware that they can no longer claim the laptop isn't real. And now he's trying to claim that he's a victim of political adversaries of his father. That's where I would see this story going. But I don't think that's a better defense because to me, he's totally weakened himself by admitting it's all real. I don't think once people know it's real, they're going to be like, oh, I feel bad that Hunter Biden and all the awful crimes that he potentially committed on that laptop have gone public. I just, I, I, I don't think that this is a good legal strategy. And to me, it's indicative that he's facing more peril because otherwise, why would he get aggressive all of a sudden? He has to think something bad is coming and he's trying to go on offense in advance of that. That's the only way this makes any sense to me, Buck. Yeah, I, I see something like that has to be at play here because otherwise, why now? Why in this way? And what could be the the possible, you know, w w what's the play here? You always look with Hunter Biden as as much as he's a mess, you know, there's an angle, right? Clearly. You know, and it's, it, and Buck, it's shifting out of this particular arena, this is like when you move from initial defense is, I didn't do it, right? That's not real. That wasn't me. And then you shift to it's consensual. Now, in, in a totally different world, it's like, actually, she is blackmailing me. She's the wrongdoer here, right? He's he's totally shifting all of his defense in this case. And the only way that makes sense is if he's expecting charges and he's pivoting because he has to provide a better defense. That's the only Man. thing that makes sense to me. I want to talk to you for a second about the amazing work that Preborn is doing. It's an admirable thing what the people at Preborn are accomplishing every single day. The Preborn Pregnancy Clinics welcome pregnant mothers who are considering abortion or bringing their child into this world. Preborn's team welcomes these women with care and compassion and provides them with an ultrasound. After hearing the heartbeat and seeing her beautiful baby, that mother is twice as likely to choose life for that unborn child. Through love, compassion, and free ultrasounds, Preborn has rescued over 200,000 babies, and every day their clinics save 150 babies' lives. One ultrasound is just $28, the cost of a dinner. Or if you can, please consider sponsoring five ultrasounds. That's $140, but keep in mind, these are tax-deductible donations that you're giving, and you're rescuing babies' lives in the process. 100% of your donation will go to saving babies. 
To donate securely, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby, or go to preborn.com slash buck. That website again for donations is preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. One truth revealed after another. Clay, Travis, and Buck. What does it take to run a small business? Heart, smarts, and the nerve to risk it all in the face of adversity. Listen to The Unshakables, the new podcast now available from Chase for Business and iHeart. It features real stories from real small business owners who take you through the turmoil, triumphs, and quick turns that help their businesses break through. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Copyright 2024. J.P. Morgan Chase and Company. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you have access to potential tax benefits, and you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Labrador's core executive team has more than 190 years of combined oil and gas experience, and has drilled thousands of oil and gas wells. They're dedicated to mitigating risk while providing accredited investors with sound returns. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. American energy independence is crucial for our national security and future prosperity, and Labrador Energy is leading the charge to make that a reality. Invest in U.S. oil and gas today. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. This segment is sponsored by Novo Nordisk. Did you know excess weight can lead to heart disease? In fact, people living with obesity have an increased risk of developing heart disease, which can lead to heart attack or stroke. But losing as little as 5% of your body weight can improve certain heart disease risk factors, including high cholesterol and high blood pressure. Talk to a healthcare provider about weight management. Go to truthaboutweight.com to learn more. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Joined now by Miranda Devine, her book, Laptop from Hell, laid out. What we now know, even Hunter Biden himself is acknowledging it was, in fact, his actual laptop. You can hear a long-form discussion with her. She was fantastic uh, in the podcast feed. If you go subscribe to Clay and Buck. Miranda, appreciate the time. I want to play for you Joe Biden addressing this in the October 2020 presidential debate with Donald Trump. Let's listen. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. Okay, Miranda Devine. All of a sudden, Hunter Biden's new legal strategy is, yeah, the laptop is real. I need to sue everybody who's been sharing it. What's your reaction to this and also to Joe Biden and what he said back in the debates? Well, look, first to Joe Biden. The fact is that Hunter Biden's really just a sideshow. Um, he is not the important person. He's just a sort of sorry, washed up former drug addict. Um, and 
the real object of the Republican investigations and the concern of the American people about whether national security has been compromised is Joe Biden. And you heard him there lying on stage at the debate just a three weeks before the 2020 election. He knew that was his son's laptop. Hunter had dropped that laptop off and left it behind in Delaware in April of 2019, just a couple of weeks before his father announced his candidacy. Uh, it was a major problem for the Biden campaign. Joe Biden knew that and he was lying. And of course, that letter by the 51 dishonest former intelligence officials, including five former CIA directors or acting directors, that was uh, specifically cooked up to get Joe Biden off the hook in that debate that was coming up in the last few days of the election campaign. It was cooked up five days after our story came out on October 14, and it used sort of tricky language but it said that the laptop had all the earmarks of a Russian information operation. And everybody heard that. They intended everybody to hear that as that the laptop was not to be trusted. It was Russian disinformation or, as Joe Biden said, a Russian plant, complete garbage. And that's how the rest of the media treated it. Uh, they didn't do the proper due diligence that was needed on Joe Biden to unravel his family's corrupt influence peddling scheme with countries overseas like China and Ukraine and Russia that were paying him, his family, millions and millions of dollars. Miranda, you know, this, this, uh, taking the, the lawyers on board here and the new strategy, it seems, from Hunter Biden of, I want investigations, criminal investigations into Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon and, and, and whomever. What do you think the play is here? I mean, Clay and I started off the show trying to get into what he could possibly think will be achieved by this or what what the maneuver is all about. I mean, I don't know if you have one in mind or several, but we're just trying to figure out what does he think this would accomplish? Look, I think it's two things. One is that it sort of takes the heat off Joe Biden, because um, if you notice the same, um, you know, there are dark money uh, donors who have funded these multi-million dollar groups that are um, have been put in place. David Brock runs one called Facts First um, that are specifically there to uh, defend the Biden family against congressional investigations and to go after people who Hunter believes have done him wrong. And um, so these very expensive lawyers who are writing these letters have been co-opted into this uh, sort of offensive political campaign. And although, um, you know, it would be wise, as several lawyers have said, as several ethics experts have said, for the White House to remain aloof from this uh, crazy operation that Hunter and his sugar brother, the entertainment lawyer Kevin Morris, are running out of Malibu. Um, because, you know, we don't know who those donors are, um, and and if, if Joe Biden is benefiting from that, then that's a real ethical problem, not that he really cares about that. Um, but it really just causes the White House a lot of headaches. And um, But you're seeing this concerted briefing to favoured reporters at the Washington Post and the New York Times, the usual suspects, and they just run the sort of bogus narrative that's being cooked up in Malibu.
So we're sitting now, you mentioned uh, the FBI has had this laptop since I believe December of 2019. So yeah. 2021, 22, we're into three years and change that they've had this laptop. Now Hunter's got brand new, uh, brand new lawyers. And by the way, have they reached out to you directly? Have you heard anything from any of the new Hunter lawyers about uh, about you being in danger or legal peril because of what you've done? Uh, look, I'm in touch with um, Kevin Morris uh, fairly openly, fairly frequently, but um, off the record. So um, I'm not sure that he would give me a heads up. So I have no idea. You know, I, I don't think their legal strategy is particularly well thought out. Um, it seems to me what they were doing yesterday was really just crafting a narrative um, for the Washington Post, and New York Times, etc., their allies in the media, um, to sort of muddy the waters. And, uh, you know, specifically, I think the, the classified documents overlap um, between Joe Biden's scandal and what's going on with the U.S. attorney in Delaware investigating Hunter Biden. Um, I think that really frightens a lot of people because it gets very close to the guts of what the laptop reveals. Um, and so I think that's why they're sort of, I don't know, muddying the waters, uh, trying to get their story out uh, and cemented in the public mind. And also their main, uh, I think, aim is to try and cloud the, the chain of custody of the laptop and um, pour scorn on John Paul MacIsaac and try and pretend that he's you know, some sort of shadowy political figure. Yeah, we talked about this to start the show, Miranda, and that's kind of what I wanted to ask you about here. For a long time, Hunter tried to kind of hide in the shadows and claim that he didn't know whether this laptop was real or not. And certainly you heard Joe Biden in the in the debate say that as well, based on the 51 uh, security uh, officials and everything else who said all that in their letter. Now it seems to me that they're shifting from, oh, the laptop isn't real to essentially acknowledging the laptop is real and saying that it shouldn't have been shared because that violated the law. That feels, I think you're right, somewhat muddying the waters, but also it's a weaker defense. So do you think that Hunter is feeling more in peril? Is the heat getting increased there? What in the world's going on? Well, they just have got a very muddled um, timeline, a very muddled narrative. You know, I, I've talked to Kevin Morris about this. I wrote a story about it last year. Um, he has this sort of mind map that's just enormous and full of all these squiggly lines and makes absolutely no sense. It's a vast conspiracy theory concocted to try and... Um, you know, say that the laptop wasn't Hunter's or John Paul MacIsaac didn't really have it and it wasn't Hunter who dropped it off, it wasn't Hunter who signed his signature or gave his phone number, um, et cetera. So uh, it, it doesn't doesn't stand up to reality, but I think they figure no matter how complicated it is, people who are on their side and are, um, you know, not have been propagandized by their favored media organs and don't really understand the full extent of this influence peddling operation and how it's not about Hunter Biden, it's about his father, Joe Biden, the president, and whether he's compromised because of the millions of dollars his family raked in from America's adversaries. Um, and, and they also don't um, understand at all the FBI cover-up. So um, I, I think that's all it is. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Um, today, his lawyers apparently have issued a, a clarif does. So, um, uh, you know, it's like Hunter Biden when he goes on these 
interviews and he says, oh, it could be my laptop, might be, is, it isn't, uh, it could have been stolen. He's all over the place. And like his father, he, he says one thing one minute and says the opposite thing the next minute. And people are just supposed to accept that he tells the truth. You know, Miranda, can I ask you at this point, is it your sense that the the Democrat machine, so everybody in power around Joe Biden, do they view Hunter as a significant liability that could bring down Joe? Or do you think they believe it's basically handled and now baked in? No, I think that they're concerned that he's a loose cannon and and with you know, because he's now got all this money behind him and he has Kevin Morris, who's a pretty savvy guy. He made a lot of money um, out of the South Park guys. And uh, while he himself is a kind of all over the place, chaotic um, individual in his personal um, demeanor, um, I think he's he's pretty sharp. And so he's uh, determined that Hunter Biden is going to go on the front foot. And I think he has Hunter's uh, best wishes in mind, not Joe Biden's or the White House. And, you know, Hunter Biden's always been ambivalent about his father. He adores him, hero worships him in the one sense, but on the other sense feels deep anger and resentment towards him. Uh, I mean, you saw that from the laptop when he complained bitterly about having given half his salary to his father and uh, basically supported the rest of the extended family and having received absolutely no credit or no respect for it. They just treat him like some, uh, you know, dissolute drug addict. <laughs> I wonder why they would do that. Mm. No doubt. Miranda, fantastic stuff as always. We appreciate the time. Uh, I encourage people to check out Long Form with Miranda as well. Go follow her on Twitter, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks very much, Clan Buck. That is Miranda Devine. And look, you know what the best purchase you might make in a long time is? How about Giza Dream Sheets? I talked about the fact that I was on the road last week. I'm going to be on the road next week. It's fun to be in your own bed, particularly if you have fantastic sheets to sleep in like the Giza Dream Sheets. They're made soft, durable cotton found in a region of Egypt by the same name. And my pillow bought enough of that soft cotton to introduce an expanded line of the product. The Giza Dream Sheets in every size, style, and color you could possibly be interested in. Sheets start as low as $29.98, under $30. If you use our names as the promo code, uh, one reason they've got such a great price, no middleman, no brick and mortar, straight online, direct to you. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. You can go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, check out the flash sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. Remember to use our code, Clay and Buck. You can also use this phone number, 800-792-3269. That's MyPillow.com, code Clay and Buck. From the front lines of freedom and truth, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. So Governor Ron DeSantis is continuing to rack up uh, some wins on the policy front. And I, I do think you, you see that while there's all this discussion about what his next moves could be, in the meantime, all he does is win, Clay. He actually could have that as his theme song. I'm not sure if that's actually the title of the song, but it is certainly DJ the most famous. Khaled. It's a great song. Yes. All, all Ron does is win. This is just kind of a fun one. But, you know, the the left was saying that they didn't. Well, first they said they wanted to ban gas stoves and they 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 rolled that out. It wasn't a very popular idea. 
Uh, I have an electric. I was going to say, do you you don't even cook. You don't boil water, so you don't <laughs> you don't have any opinion. I on I read electric you that angry glass. email I got from the uh, one of our listeners uh, who was furious of all the things that I've ever said on the radio show. The fact that I don't cook, that I don't boil water, the fact that I'm not that I just don't do that was like beyond the pale. Every other I, thing, every other opinion I've had in two years, she didn't care about. Uh, this was like the unacceptable one. I I think the one of the angriest emails i ever received from a listener many years ago was for my claim that bruce springsteen was highly overrated that i set, agree with that set people I, off i think you're right yeah they're highly overrated a certain segment of northeasterners right because they i would say his fan Look, base is i got a lot of new jersey North. friends let's be honest yeah. this guy was clearly from jersey it hit home i get it but you know you can call him the boss all you want, but really removing the sales tax on gas stoves. Play 11. We just added, because I think it needs to be done, uh, no tax permanently on gas stoves. They want your gas stove, and we're not going to let that happen. And we're not even a state. The way Florida was built, a lot of this wasn't even connected to gas lines. You got a lot of electric stuff. But it's just the principle of... You know, this is ridiculous that they, and they do want to go after it. They got blowback, so they kind of had to back off. They want to go after the gas stoves. And so we're saying, you know, we want you to be able to buy those uh, uh, free of charge from, from the state of Florida. I, you know, I, I like this. I know people might say they could, they could kind of dismiss it as, oh, it's, it's a minor thing, or they could say it's just messaging. But when a governor does things that show an immediate responsiveness, to the agenda of the left, not just in word, but in deed. And I'm not saying DeSantis is the only one who does this, but he is certainly at the forefront of this. You know, it's not, oh, I'll get to that. We'll have a legislative session in 12 months and it'll be packed in. No, it's let's do something right now to show everybody what side of this issue we stand on. I think that's where we need to be. While people care and are focused on something like gas stove bans, he's saying, I'm drawing a line and taking action to so what, show what side of the issue as a governor I'm on. I think this needs to be the model. Yeah, look, what I like about DeSantis's leadership style, and I think you can go back to the battle with Disney, is a lot of people are afraid of negative news. Um, and basically with Disney, Ron DeSantis just got into a fight with the biggest, baddest person, right, Disney, in his entire state, and he whipped Disney's ass. And then the message that that sends is when you beat the baddest ass dude's ass, then not a lot of other people are going to step to you. You are sending a message, right? And so DeSantis is good about sending messages, but he's smart enough, Buck, to know the details of the message that he's sending, like with this uh, AP history battle in uh, in uh, in Florida over black history, right? Most people would not read the curriculum and this is not just DeSantis, this is his staff, I've been saying this in a very favorable way. He surrounded himself by a lot of nerds, right? Smart nerds that actually can fight. And that's a rare combo. And what they're doing is they're looking at details and they're finding out, hey, wait, we, we got to fight this woke ideology in schools. How do we do it? Let's look at the actual curriculum. There are details to support the decisions that he's making. And that is important. That's how you stack wins in the messaging that you're sending. Because if you'll feud with Disney and you'll send a message to the AP about what they can do with black history in your state, then you're sending a message that is resonating in many other areas as well. It's amazing what happens when you stand up to 
the bully, the perceived biggest person in the room. You know, I was just watching the other day. Uh, Tombstone, I, I know people don't consider Fantastic. it to be one of the truly great Westerns. Fine. You know, it's not It's not uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's not, you know, the... Um, you know, some of the, uh, so-called spaghetti westerns that became so popular. But remember that scene where, where Billy Bob Thornton is the card dealer and Kurt Russell walks in. And first of all, he yells at him, skin that smoke wagon, like pull, pull your gun. And he doesn't. And then he, and then he, you know, whacks him across the face. He's like, are you just going to stand there and bleed? Yeah. It's a good scene. It's a good that's scene. A it really great, makes the point. The bully a, got, the bully got slapped. If you are willing to step up to the bully, it's an old school, everybody out there who remembers it, it's a big deal. If you step to the bully and you beat him up, that's what DeSantis did to Disney. And I think, look, I was looking, what we were talking during a break, I just tweeted this headline out. I think you're starting to see a lot of wins get stacked up. Uh, this is from Bloomberg as well. The layoffs sweeping the tech industry are gutting diversity and inclusion departments. I, mean, I love talk it. about the ultimate, you know, corporate, yes. corporate excess and the, the sort of the fluff in the budget that you could find. Yes. Um, you know, d- diversity and, and inclusion offices and, and offices, which, which you find, by the way, in the education bureaucracy. People wonder, where's all the money going yes. in public education? It's going to administrators. Administrators outnumber in terms of additions, and I'm, I'm basing this off of reading I've done in years past, but something like six or seven to one, Clay, for every one teacher that is added to the average American school district over the last, I think it's 10 or 15 years, there have been six administrators. You know, a lot of it is just people pushing paper around from one desk to another, doing diversity and inclusion training or whatever the case may be. And, you know, Ron DeSantis, Talking about the wins we're, we're seeing here. And we bring this up, by the way, not, this isn't in the context of, oh, 2024 right now. No, no. This is what's happening now and what other Republican governors should also be looking to do. Let's make it about governance. We all know now, and in the post COVID era, governors matter. If you're yep. a red state governor with a Republican majority legislature, you got to get things done. Can't just be business as usual. You've got to look at what has been done basically wrong by Democrats in the past, set things right. On the uh, AP curriculum controversy, it's not a controversy at all, but DeSantis, there's, there's now laws that have been passed in Florida that don't allow for CRT in school, for example. And the uh, Florida as a state rejected the uh what is it the college board that that created yeah, this AP, ap course AP college board in african yeah. in, in uh, african-american studies what the left is saying what the left is claiming is oh but this is a rejection actually we, we have somebody who's saying why don't we, we let's play it uh a university uh howard university professor taylor play 12 so it's very anti-intellectual for anybody to try to erase certain parts of black studies black culture, black history, because they particularly don't like it or think it's controversial to them. There's a whole segment of our community that identify as black queer. Moreover, the, the reparations movement and the Black Lives Matter movement are important social movements in African-American life and culture. I did not hear about him criticizing the European history exam or even the Japanese language and culture exam just this one okay well that's because this one included and by the way it has already been amended and it's already the new yep. curriculum is already approved it just the state of florida is like we don't want and these are directly taken these are modules from what was rejected 
black queer studies, post-racial racism, the case for reparations, and and other such modules. Those are that's not learning. That's indoctrination. Those are highly ideological things to be teaching high schoolers. Yeah, it's theory. And as somebody who was a history nerd myself, who majored in history in undergrad and took a lot of these AP courses, I mean, this woman doesn't understand what she's talking about. European history tells you what happened in Europe. That's European history. Black history in AP courses can tell you what's happened in black history, but it doesn't need to have like graduate level theorizing on the role of race in America and how it's impacted the gay black experience, right? I mean, those are post-grad, very advanced courses if you want to get into them. And for anybody out there who's ever gotten into graduate school or taken graduate courses, you increasingly study less and less relevant things, frankly, the higher up the educational spectrum you meet, move in humanities. This is I thought about being a, a history professor for a while, Buck, um, I think it would have been a great life. I taught creative writing at, at Vanderbilt. I think it would have been fun. But in history in particular, you specialize to such a degree that you end up focusing on like one day of the Battle of Gettysburg. And at some point, as much fun as I love the Battle of Gettysburg and studying it, you get so bogged down in tiny details that you miss bigger picture issues. And when you're in high school, you should be learning the bigger picker, bigger picture issues. If you had to teach an entire year-long college course on one battle in all of history, would it be Gettysburg? What would it be? Yes, it would be Gettysburg. Gettysburg, right off the bat. See, I'm, I'm I think a little so. strange. I'd probably do the Battle of Lepanto, 1571. <laughs> I don't know enough about the Battle of Lepanto at all. I think you've mentioned it before. I would go Gettysburg 1, the second one, and for the military historians out there, probably the most fascinating battle from the Civil War was Chancellorsville because of the decisions made by Lee and and uh, Stonewall Jackson and the way that he divided his army. and Anyway, I could go on and on about all this, but that era, I would love to teach a course on. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. Maybe you'll just do a long podcast series and put it in the Clay and I, Buck feed there, Mr. Civil Clay War Travis. Civil War podcast series would probably do pretty well. Just throwing it out there. If you're a gun owner... You know, you have to keep your skills sharp. I've actually got an AR-15 on the way to my apartment as we speak. It'll be here in a few days. But guess what? I can actually train at home in the meantime and have been doing so because of the Mantis X. It's a dry fire training system. No ammo involved, which means, one, you can do it at home. You don't have to worry about being in a range. Two, no expense because you don't have to pay for that expensive ammo. You can use this training system anywhere And it just sets up right with your firearm. The Mantis X connects you to your firearm of choice like a weapon light. It's all electronic. It connects via Bluetooth to your phone as well. That way you can get data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique. It'll guide you through drills and courses. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes of using the Mantis X. I mean, just your your trigger pull. When, When you have some scientific basis for, is your trigger pull getting better? Are you really getting the muscle memory down? Makes all the difference. Go to MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com to start improving your shooting accuracy today. It's a great gift for yourself or anybody else. MantisX.com. Learn, laugh, and join us on the weekend on our Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcast. What does it take to run a small business? Heart, smarts, and the nerve to risk it all in the face of adversity. 
Listen to The Unshakables, the new podcast now available from Chase for Business and iHeart. It features real stories from real small business owners who take you through the turmoil, triumphs, and quick turns that help their businesses break through. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Copyright 2024. J.P. Morgan Chase and Company. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you have access to potential tax benefits and you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax advantage income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Labrador's core executive team has more than 190 years of combined oil and gas experience and has drilled thousands of oil and gas wells. They're dedicated to mitigating risk while providing accredited investors with sound returns. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. American energy independence is crucial for our national security and future prosperity, and Labrador Energy is leading the charge to make that a reality. Invest in U.S. oil and gas today. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. This segment is sponsored by Novo Nordisk. Did you know excess weight can lead to heart disease? In fact, people living with obesity have an increased risk of developing heart disease, which can lead to heart attack or stroke. But losing as little as 5% of your body weight can improve certain heart disease risk factors, including high cholesterol and high blood pressure. Talk to a healthcare provider about weight management. Go to truthaboutweight.com to learn more. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. It is Groundhog Day. Uh, Buck to Tony Phil, one of the great movies ever been made, uh, Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Is Bill Murray's best movie, you think? No, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters 1 is Bill Murray's best movie. In terms of just watching over and over again, and obviously it's the conceit of the movie, Groundhog Day is really good. I was laughing this morning, and our staff looked it up. Bill de Blasio was an awful mayor. But there are lots of different groundhogs all over the country, actually. I, I, evidently, I didn't know this. Georgia has their own groundhog, and he lives in, like, this is funny and ridiculous. He lives in, like, a plantation-style house, and his name is Beauregard Lee, named after, obviously, two different Confederate generals, which is <laughs> really funny. And, like, it, evidently, it was trending on Twitter today as people became aware that Georgia has their own a uh, groundhog named Beauregard Lee. And Beauregard Lee said that they're not going to have much longer of a winter, which is a good one for the Southerners out there that are dealing with ice, including the, the Nashville area where I live. we got ice everywhere. Uh, but Mayor Bill de Blasio in 2014, he was trying to hold up the groundhog, and he accidentally dropped it, and the groundhog died. I, this this is. I'm not, Wait, this he actually like, killed it. I thought he just hurt it. He no, killed yeah. it. <laughs> he, he He's a groundhog a, murderer. Groundhog, yeah, he add that groundhog. to his list. The groundhog died a few days later after the <laughs> after the fall. I I don't know if they had to put him in like ICU or, or or what it was, but this is this is funny. Stat so Staten Island. We appreciate everybody listening out there on Staten Island. 
Uh, Can I just tell you, Clay, in in the New York area, the Staten Staten Island represents Clay and Buck strong. We got a lot of our people in Staten Island. A ton of you listening out in Staten Island right now, they had to change the policy to no longer allow anyone else to pick up the groundhog after de de Blasio killed the groundhog. It's it's the de Blasio rule. It's like, it's like, don't pick up my groundhog or or try to touch my dog because, you know, no animals like you. So Staten Island Chuck, uh, it was actually Charlotte was the one that he dropped. And so they redid it. Um, and now the mayor is not allowed to lift the groundhog anymore. Uh, but so it's groundhog day, depending on the part of the country that you live in. You either got six weeks more of winter or it's going to be over sooner. Um, you could gamble on this, uh, evidently out there too. So different groundhogs giving us different forecasts going forward. Um, but as I was, as I was thinking about how crazy it is that de Blasio killed the groundhog, I also was thinking about how crazy it is. Did you know, Buck, that Stephen Colbert's audience still is wearing masks. And he did a joke the other day saying, hey, Biden says COVID's going to be over May 11th, and then he cut to his crowd. And if you haven't seen this video, I tweeted it out at Clay Travis. We'll put it up on Clay and Buck as well. Entire crowd of woke white people all wearing masks in Stephen Colbert's show. And I believe The View, which is the dumbest show on television, they still require their studio audiences to be wearing masks, too. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up was they had a brand new massive study on whether masks work, and it involved 600,000 different people. Do you have the details of all this? Yeah, well, it's it's really a study of studies. You know how you can invest in a fund of fund where you put money in and it's putting money in all these different funds? This was a research uh, group of international doctors who looked at 78 okay. different mask studies. This is the peer-reviewed Cochrane database of systematic reviews. And let me tell you, you tell a lady that you work for the Cochrane database of systematic review, you're getting a phone number at the bar, my friends. That's exciting stuff. It, it is a that is a lady killer, that job. But they looked at this, and what they found, well, you, you can tell everybody the results, but they looked at 78 studies randomized control trial studies so rct studies which are the most rigorous hypotheses or our most rigorous method of testing a hypothesis and they found that masks have virtually no impact and i want to give a shout out you can read some of this study um ian miller has he's at ian msc i found him on twitter had never met him before he puts up some of the greatest graphics on how much masks fail. And and he has done tremendous work on this. And I started I found him during COVID buck and you know for instance he would compare Orange County. We got a lot of listeners out in the LA area. Orange County had relatively lax mask standards compared to LA County. They're side by side counties uh, out there and there was virtually no statistical difference, right? In fact, Orange County actually had a lower incidence of COVID than LA County. Uh where I live, Nashville, uh, Davidson County had a very stringent mask requirement. Williamson County, which is the Franklin Brentwood area, for those of you who know Nashville, had very lax masking standards. No difference at all at, in the uh, schools in terms of the amount of COVID. So the data has overwhelmingly reflected that this doesn't work. And so when I look 
and I see that video, that shot of the Colbert audience, all of those people right now would, if they heard this radio show, be thinking, oh, look at all those stupid redneck Donald Trump voters not wearing masks, not getting the COVID shot, and yet they are the ones who are anti-science. They are the sheep who support whatever the new, new thing is that their government tells them they need to. And it was a, an interesting little metaphor to me, Buck, of the destruction of comedy because Colbert's joke basically was, COVID's not over, ha, 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 look at how my audience is still wearing masks. Well, Colbert's show's not funny, but it's also now really sad because if you're wearing a mask in 2023 to watch a comedy show, you are fundamentally broken in your brain. And it's like you're so committed to the falsehood that you bought into that you can't acknowledge what reality reflects. You know, Clay, there's, there's a book um, called Breath that I think is very interesting just about how we can't, uh, we, we, we've, we've sort of lost an understanding of how important breathing really is, meaning the, the, the depth of your breathing through your nose or through your mouth. It affects how you sleep at night. It affects your anxiety level. It affects your mentality, how you breathe and what you're breathing, but specifically how you breathe is really, really important for overall wellness and health. Anybody who understands, you can do this yourself. You're really stressed. Take, take 10 deep breaths. And I know it sounds very kind of new age, like I'm sitting here hitting a bunch of wind chimes or something. No, no, it's science. It actually is science. And they just, just on that alone, this pretense that masking up never had any, there was never any downs like, Oh, it's not a big deal. It actually is a really big deal. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. It raises anxiety levels. It is effectively psychological torture in slow motion for anybody who realizes how stupid it is. And, you know, they also just were talking about studies. A study just came out uh, earlier this week that mask law, you know, that mask wearing, um, this was in the journal Nature that, uh, it worsens dry eye. Which doesn't sound like that a bit that big a deal until you realize for some people dry eye is really painful, yeah. and so wearing a mask all the time if you were a dry eye sufferer was making your eyes worse. It didn't keep you safe from COVID at all, raised your anxiety level, and gave you more eye pain than you would have otherwise had. And they pretended the whole time like, oh, it's fine, just wear it, Clay. I mean, I, you know, it's funny actually. I spoke to uh, Leilani Dowding, who got you know the Daily Mail went after her. This is on the Clay and Buck feed. We did a deep dive podcast. There was a, you know, hit pieces on her because she was a mask and vax and lockdown skeptic. Just a British celebrity, but who was like, I think this stuff is dumb. She was totally, totally right. But even she said, this double masking thing that was going on for a while in America, they didn't really do that in the UK even. Like the double masking thing was a pretty uniquely American psychosis on the world stage. And it was because the only reason they went to that was because the single masking was so obviously a failure. So how they just years, created how many years do you think it would take for people who have been committed to masking to acknowledge, hey, yeah, that really didn't matter? Or are they so committed to masking 
that many of these people are going to wear masks for the rest of their lives when they are out in I, I mean, I, I genuinely think some of these people have become so committed to the idea. It's such a part of their so, personality. So their I, I, the, the thing that it reminds me of is, you know, when there's sometimes after there's a mass shooting or, or some, some incident with a gun that gets a lot of attention in the press and you will see people and they'll make videos of themselves. They'll be like, well, I'm going to fight gun violence by by taking this AR-15 and sawing it in half or something, you know, as if that does anything. But but their theory is if it saves just once, well, first of all, it's your gun, so just don't shoot anybody that, you know. But second of all, the if it saves one life delusion that people create for themselves, like theoretically this could do some good, so I'm going to do. I think that's where, what masking has turned into for people, that they're willing to go through. It's a virtue symbol and obviously a symbol of Democrat allegiance, but, but if you're willing to go through the discomfort and the inconvenience of it on the theory that if you mask up for 20 years, maybe you'll prevent one COVID infection and one life will be saved. And that's the way they justify it to themselves, which is, which is just crazy. And we think you could do that with anything. Can you imagine what our reaction would be? I, I when I saw the, the Colbert audience all wearing you know when he spun the camera to the audience and saw them and i saw them all wearing masks still my jaw dropped and i had this sort of this can't be real thought process and then i went and i looked and on the colbert show you know they give out free tickets i used to be a huge david letterman fan. i live i I lived across the street from the show i used to see them every day literally every day in line going into the studio so I I went to go see David Letterman, you know, 20 years ago, probably more whenever he was doing the show in the same studio. I loved watching David Letterman. I think we've had this argument before. You were not a Letterman guy. Um, but I, it was such a cool experience to get to go watch that show filmed and get to sit in a studio audience. And I would imagine that a lot of the people out there that are listening to us right now have been to New York City, uh, and maybe as a part of New York City, you were like, oh, I want to go watch you know, a show that's filmed uh, live. That would be a cool thing to do, right? I, I cannot imagine if I were in line, and I would think I was being pranked, and, and not that I want to go to the Colbert show anyway, but do these people really not recognize how ridiculous it is that they're putting masks on? Same thing in the View audience. Are they so conditioned to expecting that that's normal or in the back of their minds, are they like, yeah, this is ridiculous that you, we're doing this? You know, uh, I, there also were there were social distancing kind of helper people who out because I lived right right across the street from the Colbert show. And also there's Broadway theaters right there. I mean, that's that's been that was my neighborhood for years. Um, you could see that there were social distancing clay outdoors for people before they would go inside where they would all sit in close quarters for two hours. And, and yeah. they did this, and, and it actually reminds me a little bit, if you've ever seen uh, the movie, I mean, the show Succession, which is very well done for Best what it is. show on television. Dark, for sure, but very well done for what it is. Uh, and very political in, in a certain way that annoys me, but it's a, whatever. I, I put that aside, I think it's... But do you remember Boar on the Floor? Oh, yeah. Boar on the Floor was the, the patriarch of the family in, in the show Succession, with a, with, I think it's a bunch of his underlings. He basically just makes them all crawl around. He gets drunk and makes them all crawl around on the ground and, and snort like piggies, basically, right? Like that's, that's the game that he makes them play. And it's completely insane. And the showrunner, I remember in an interview, the showrunner was describing how 
that was inspired by what Stalin used to do to his underlings, because Stalin would get, Stalin's fascinating, I mean, a true psychopath, but also incredibly powerful and, and an amazing story, you know, terrifying story at the same time. Um, Stalin would get his underlings really drunk and try to get into their confidence and then get them to say something they weren't supposed to say and then send them to the firing squad. Like this was one of the games he liked. He's like, it's cool. You can tell me. Yeah. But he said he was, he was inspired by that sort of sadism from Stalin that he would. That's, I mean, masking up and making people stand, you know, in distances outside. It was bore on the floor, folks. It was what can I get away with making all you idiots do to show you that I control you? Honestly, it was mass psychosis. How about the fact that you had to go to grocery stores and had to go up and down the aisle in only one direction? I mean, as if that were somehow going to make you safer. And 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 I just remember people were so mad at me and you, not obviously our audiences, which grew you know, enormously during this period because we were two of the first, and no one denies us, we were two of the earliest people in our respective spheres in media to be like, this is crazy. Yeah. I mean, this is this is bonkers, but what are people doing here? People got so angry for others telling them what was so obvious. It was a real lesson in human nature and human psychology and mass psychology, and we haven't come to grips with it as a country at all. There haven't been any I mean, reckonings or any consequences, really. It it really has gone like we're just supposed to move past this, and and I refuse to because you have to root out the mentality that took hold because it'll take hold again with something else. If we don't confront this, it's just a monster lurking in the shadows. That level of authoritarianism will make a comeback in America if we just think, oh, well, that'll never happen again. Really? Yes, it will. All right, on to something happy for you for a second here. Pure chalk can be your cell phone company, which is a joyous occasion for you because it's going to share, it's going to save you money. And it's a company that shares your same values. Veteran owned, proudly employing a U.S. based customer service team. This is who you should be getting your cell service from. Full stop. I use Pure Talk. Pure Talk is my cell phone company. Okay. And they refuse to spend money on fake news networks and throw money around to the left and the libs. They're all about servicing you, meeting your needs and getting you a great price. Pure Talk cell phone service is one of is on one of the largest networks in the country. So you're going to get that blazing fast data, talk, and text, but you're only going to pay $30 a month. I mean, that's probably half. It's actually less than half what I was paying with one of the big guys out there before. So you can keep your phone and keep your phone number, and switching just takes about 10 minutes. So about 10 minutes, you're going to save hundreds of dollars and get better customer service and be supporting a company that shares your values. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it. And if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you will get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac Wayne heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and... 
Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Basketball's favorite month is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for the watch party delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a deep bench delivered, but you can get a deep dish pizza delivered, along with wings to share. A layup? No can do. But a lager? Yes can do. Buzzer beater? No. But Brussels sprouts? Uber Eats can get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Check out all the best game day deals in our app and order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details.